slow to anger, rich in blessing, and with love to us incline. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory, Glory to, to you, O Lord. Lord. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, only, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example, that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in Him. If God has been glorified in Him, God will also glorify Him in Himself and will glorify Him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, you, O Christ. Christ. You may be seated. Good evening. Good evening. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for coming to us in Jesus Christ and showing us the example of servant love. Write this onto our hearts and help us to live it out. Amen. Amen. Jesus said that everyone was clean except for one. And he was talking about Judas. He didn't specifically name Judas at the time, 
but he was indirectly referring to him. And this was the night that Jesus was betrayed by Judas. And this is also the night when Jesus washed Judas' feet and gave Judas communion. Jesus really loved his enemies. Jesus had an extraordinary faith in the goodness of people. Jesus also had a realistic understanding of the depravity that could befall any one of us. It's complicated being a human being. We are a different kind of animal. Our brains have the ability to imagine, to plan, and to scheme, to decide on courses of action. And this opens up our lives to great possibilities. We can do amazingly good and wonderful things, and we can do really terrible things. I don't know if there are evil people, but I do wonder and question if any human being is capable of doing really evil deeds. And I suspect that it is possible. Was Judas an evil man? Well, he certainly did an evil thing. And what was the evil that he committed? He thought that silver was more important than human life. and more important than his friend, teacher, and master, Jesus. So if we want to avoid the tragic mistake of evil that Judas did, it's really quite simple. We have to make human life the highest value, the highest priority that any of us could achieve is upholding and encouraging and supporting the flourishing of human beings. If we keep that as our focus, then we will avoid falling into great evil. Consider the story of the Passover. Thank you for reading it tonight, Lois. In the story of the Passover, we have this tremendous villain, Pharaoh. And Pharaoh is such a tyrant. He's so corrupt. He's so obsessed with power and silver and all of those trappings that he does evil deed after evil deed after evil deed. But when enough pressure is put on him, when he sees the consequences of his actions binding down on him, for one moment, he relents and he does the right thing just for a short enough period of time for God's people to be freed, to be set free, and to go into the wilderness. So a man who regularly committed atrocities could relent and do something right. If that is capable, then how much more can we achieve in bringing about God's kingdom when we make that our daily focus, having human life as our highest priority. There's two things that we can do to practice this every day, and you already know them. 
the two greatest commandments. One, love who? God. Two, love, love each other. And Jesus doubles down on that tonight. He says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I loved you. Even more than we love ourselves, even more than we can love ourselves, we love like Jesus loved. One of the reasons we practice communion on such a regular basis as Lutheran Christians is because when we ingest God's word through the proclamation of of word and preaching and then through the tangible sacraments, we hope that God's word coming into us will grow in us and will help us to love like Jesus did. And that's why we have an open table in communion. We don't say communion is just for good people and righteous people. It's for all people. It's for anybody who wants it because we believe this word will help us to love like Jesus loved. I was thinking about my uncle, my mom's brother, Uncle Richard, God bless his soul. He died um, close to Palm Sunday a few years ago. And he lived for many years in Scottsdale, Arizona, with his wife and daughter. And one time my family was visiting Uncle Richard, and he, he was a Presbyterian pastor, by the way. And it was in the summer in Scottsdale, and it was really hot. I mean, it was sizzling hot in the afternoon. And we stepped out of their house as the sun began to sink low into the sky near the horizon. And I thought it was going to be really hot, like a furnace outside. But when we walked outside of his front porch, we were in this delicious, cool shadow. And there was this moist, just a slight bit of moisture in the air and just the slightest breeze. And I thought, where is this coming from? I'm in the middle of Scottsdale, Arizona, in the middle of the summer. And I looked, and there was this huge tree, a massive tree growing. And the sun was just dropping behind it, and it cooled off the whole front yard of Uncle Richard and Aunt Kathy and Cousin Hannah's house. And it was so nice. And indeed, you could see neighbors all up and down the street walking out, enjoying their cool front yards. And the tree that was casting this shadow on my uncle's house, was it the tree that was growing in front of his house? No. It was the tree in the neighbor's house. The neighbor's tree was shading his house. His tree was shading the neighbor's house. And all the way up and down the street, you could see each neighbor's one big tree growing, shading their neighbor's house. Just a small, practical example of how when we love our neighbors, when we plant trees that we don't always benefit from the shade from, we all do better. It's a simple, practical way of loving each other like Jesus loved us. We actually benefit. We do better from loving our neighbor as Jesus loved us. The more of us who do it, the better we all will be. Amen.